Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I don't want to be emotionally responsible for those tears because it's like the work and the reconciliation that needs to be done is, is work that I can't do for you. I'm really sorry that I hurt you. So why would this television character spend so much time on his show throwing shaded vaccines, feeding the fears of half of Republican men who say they do not plan to take it? This television character likes to say he's just asking questions. Does Tucker Carlson really want his viewers to live? No. He wants every single one of his viewers to be dead. He's made that very clear. Each Fox host uh, wants their viewers to expire badly from the coronavirus. That has always been Tucker's mission, and that is uh, what uh, what he's in this game for. In fact, all of those, those of us in media are waiting for the annihilation of the American population. That's why we all uh, chose to uh, go into these various endeavors. So that was uh, John Berman of CNN. This is part of the continuing effort by CNN to reinvent itself because it needs an, an enemy to drive ratings up. And so since they have lost Tucker, as we discussed last night, Brian Stelter told us Tucker is the new Donald Trump and, and then made 103 failed attempts at comparisons to show how Tucker's Donald Trump. But Tucker's, there's nothing Donald Trump about Tucker. They're two totally different cats. Other than they're, but they both got T's in their names, <laughs> I guess. Uh, so it's it's not going to work. But they're trying on CNN right now, and so it, it what they've done is they're they're putting Carlson up there as the uh, boogeyman. He's now the big existential threat out there. So get back to emergency uh, standing, emergency footing, everybody. We have to be on our toes. We have to panic. We have to, um, we have to, um, you know, spend uh, the broadcast day just scaring the bleep out of the American people. And 
And what they've done now, and this is feels almost personal. Maybe it's because Tucker was is so mean to Jeffrey Zucker of CNN, who's who's about to get a cab out of there, and uh, Stelter. Is what they're trying to do now is use Tucker's own style, his own flippant um, uh, wit style on him, and they're not pulling it off. Certainly, Brian Stelter, that thing yesterday, that was just sad uh, watching that. I mean, that was what, that was um, uncomfortable. It was him uh, putting on like this, this, this. This wave milk toast guy putting on this—he's uh, not a wave, but he's this milk toast uh, <coughs> softy putting on a gladiator uniform that doesn't fit him that he can barely, you know, carry the sword. Like just it was ugly. Um, and then now John Berman's trying it, but he's going to use Tucker's uh, wit right back against him. And and this is coming down to the writers, the producers, and the writers on the shows. And so what they're loading into, um, what they're loading into the teleprompters. Are really <clears throat> is really just lame copy because they can't write at the uh, the level that Tucker and his team do. Those are really good writers. He emphasizes that in this show, and he's one of them. So these people in CNN, anyway, Exhibit A. This is John Berman. He's going to shock us and use to turn of phrase to gather our attention. He's going to show us something I call Alice his rapier wit. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to. Just he, he's going to school Tucker Carlson. This is what John Oliver supposedly did in a dumb twenty-nine minute, really promotional video for Tucker Carlson, <laughs> which where he comported himself pretty well. This is uh, John Berman on on CNN, the new doing his best Tucker at Tucker. Feelings that I have. Oh, sorry, Matt. So the director of the CDC is practically begging Americans to stay vigilant a while longer and keep up the coronavirus precautions. As new cases plateau at 55,000 a day, Dr. Fauci is now warning that the surge we are seeing in Europe could happen here. The president is asking doctors and local leaders and religious officials to help get more Americans vaccinated. A vaccine that was developed under the former president who bragged about how fast and effective and safe it is. Standing in the way of this message is a mountain of misinformation and possible malevolence. Case in point. The administration would like you to take this vaccine. Joe Biden told you last week, if you don't, you can't celebrate the 4th of July. But it turns out there are things we don't know about the effects of this vaccine. And he went on and on and on. Well, wait a second. He went on and on and on. In other words, saying more things like that, like there are things we don't know about this vaccine. <laughs> I mean, which is true. That's pretty anodyne. <laughs> there are things we don't know about the vaccine. I just had a vaccine, and all I know is that it came in a syringe. That's all I know. As far as I know, that it was uh, iguana piss that they put in me. <laughs> I have, I have no idea about the vaccine. And so that's the best that they have. And it went on and on and on and on. More benign anodyne <laughs> statements by Carlson. Thus showing you, illustrating how malevolent, possibly malevolent, he's being. So I didn't see last night's Tucker. Did you watch last night's Tucker? Uh, here and there. Did you feel like afraid after it that you got the vaccine that something might happen to you? No. No. <laughs> so it didn't get more 
compelling. There was no other compelling. No, it's funny. In, in everybody, in, even Charlie Sykes, who I'd never read before, he's with the Bulwark. Do you know Charlie Sykes? I've heard of it. I mean, I've read some of his stuff. He wrote a big yeah. column that, that included a bunch of John Oliver quotes slamming Tucker's for his subtle racism. Tucker saying, you know, I would like the world to look a lot like, lot more like it did when I was growing up. Aha. <laughs> now we know. Nobody can seem to get him on anything. But just as implied, we know who he's talking to. We know who he's trying to mobilize. Well, it's against. the same thing as with Trump or with the border or whatever. Yeah. Like, like, we know what you really mean. Right. So let's go back to John Berman. He's already cited one horrific example of Tucker Carlson causing people to die by saying, we have questions about the vaccine. That's all we don't know about the vaccine. So why would this television character spend so much time on his show throwing shaded vaccines? Just think, they sat in a meeting before the show, the pre-production meeting, and say, you know what, guys, let's call him a television character. We won't even say, that'll be two things. One, that the show that we're not using his name, you know, mm -hmm. because we're too cool for him. This is a disc, like an FM station radio disc. And also, we'll suggest that his whole thing is just a contrived character. That's it. While, uh, right, the, uh, all agreed here, you know, the, the 26 through uh, 41-year-old interns and assistants all say, yeah, awesome, high-fiving lattes mm -hmm. and saying, yeah, we're going to school them. Awesome. Deans, feeding the fears of half of Republican men who say they do not plan to take it. This television character likes to say he's just asking questions. So here are some questions. Now, this is when you suppose this is a this is a clever turn of phrase. Mm -hmm. We're going to turn the tables on Mr. Carlson and ask him a few questions. I expect now... Maybe a little payoff because I've been robbed so far, but I assume something's coming. This is when the cerebrums of everybody in the room really count. They need to come up with some really good dunking slam dunk barbs to hit Tucker Carlson with to show us what a fool he is. Does this character think it's important to slow the spread of the virus? Just asking. Does this? Doesn't seem like a, a, a <laughs> dagger, really, to me. I think he probably does. Not a total takedown, I wouldn't Just say. asking, he says, doing his best Tucker, which is not a good Tucker. Does character care if the country reaches herd immunity to return to life and work safely? Hey, it's a question. Does Tucker Carlson really want his viewers to live? Look, this guy bemoans so-called cancel culture more than anyone on Earth, but he should look in the mirror because you can't get any more canceled than dead. Feel like you need a beat after that. Wow. Feel like you need a beat after that. Whoa! <laughs> she comes in there as the finishing act to say, "Wow!" Just in case you didn't get the direction, you're supposed to be floored about that. Wow! I'm Can't getting get the vapors now. Canceled and Does dead. That's supposed to leave us like that's supposed to be the huge takedown of Tucker. Is that he's trying to kill his viewers? Well, what did he say before that? But you can't get any more than dead. There was something I wanted to, to mention before that. Um, he says, "Does this guy want his viewers to live?" Right, but before this guy bemoans cancel culture more than anyone. Yeah, I, I forgot there was another part. We have to listen to the whole thing again. Sorry. So the director of the CDC is practically begging Americans to stay vigilant a while longer and keep up the coronavirus precautions. As new cases plateau at fifty-five thousand a day, Dr. Fauci is now warning. I won't make you stay through it. Hold on. I have a program here that I can find, Alice. Fill for a second. Oh, I just find this so funny. Because, yes, it is trying to be a Tucker um, impression, but there's nothing funny about it. And, 
like you and I talked about the other day, the reason why Tucker is such a successful show is that Tucker is entertaining. Like, it, it's the best show on television. In that sense, I think they're not wrong to call him a character because he is, you know, creating an entertaining show. He's writing. It's not like a straight news show. He's providing entertaining commentary. And, I mean, to a degree, all cable news commentary is a character. You think Rachel Maddow is not playing a character? Rachel Maddow is absolutely playing a character. The character is related to who she is in real life, but but all these people are putting on a sort of act for your benefit, right? So so they are all characters, but Tucker's just the best at it. But I don't understand, is this the new programming strategy of all of CNN? That they're just yes. going to be the anti-Tucker Carlson network 24-7? Yes, that is the new programming just, strategy. It's a bizarre way to conduct yourself as a network. It's really strange. And I'm sure they would say, well, Fox has been criticizing CNN. Yeah, but Fox talks about other stuff besides CNN all the time. It's just funny that like all their hosts are after Tucker. Alice, thank mm-hmm. you. I've opened the free software called Audacity, mm-hmm. which I've had to use uh, way too often as a younger man. Let's see if we can get this going. Does Tucker Carlson- oh, you can't hear that, can you? I mean, I can hear it because I'm in the room with you, but right. our listeners can't hear Hold it. Hold on. Hold on. This is going really well. I, just- I have to do sometimes things have to be done live. We'll do it live. Bleep it. So is this just so that you can get to the middle of the cut without yes. having to play the whole thing? It seems yes, like we, we could go. have already been there by now. Does Tucker Carlson really want his viewers to live? Look, this guy bemoans so-called cancel culture more than anyone on earth, but he should look in the mirror because you can't get any more canceled than dead. Hold on, maybe it's back here. Does this character care if the country reaches herd immunity to return to life and work safely? Hey, it's a question. Does Tucker Carlson really want his viewers to live? Look, this guy bemoans so-called cancel culture more than anyone on earth, but he should look in the mirror because you can't get any more canceled than dead. I feel like you need a beat after that one. Oh, God. I want me to toggle that uh, audio down a little bit. Here we go. Here's the output volume right there. Now it is set, Alice. It is set for to use again in the future so I can... So I can... Queue up audio wherever we want it, and now this uh, this software is calibrated exactly how it should be, and I did it in the middle of the show, wasting everybody's time. <laughs> well, but look out for CNN. That's what's going on now. Um, I think it's funny, and I like the idea that um, that they that they have no rudder. That they're going to simply make their network about Tucker Carlson? <laughs> it seems like a strange choice, doesn't it? It seems like maybe not the most compelling content for anyone except the people who like Tucker Carlson. Which is why I'm mad at you now, Alice. Why am I? We are now in a fight. Why are we in a fight? Because I, you know, I was on Jerry Callahan's show today. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, me and my wife last night, we skipped through and we skipped... Uh, through around and we were like landed on the bachelor i thought like there's no and we <laughs> know other people close to us who are forced i know guys who are forced to watch the bachelor because my wife likes to watch the bachelor oh colin Eden watches the bachelor i think my sister watches it well she's a girl alice men should not <laughs> be watching the ba- bachelor at all it is ridiculous and men and what i mean by that mostly is that men should not be cowed by their authoritarian wives mm-hmm. into watching the bachelor because it's a really big sign of weakness. It's terrible. And one of the great things about you, Alice, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Is it? You've never done that to me. We don't, don't yeah. watch The Bachelor. I don't watch The Bachelor. We do, would never watch The Bachelor. I can't imagine. There's a chance. If there's a chance of the. No, there's not. I did make you get into Project Runway for a while. Awesome. Did, we, <laughs> did you clear that for air? Great. I thought we weren't allowed to. Great. Have, I'm. Allison, I thought we weren't allowed to have. I'm leveling a charge at men for being uh, milk toast and sissies. And are you freaking? <laughs> you've outed me as a Tim Gunn fan. All right, I'll come back. I'll uh, I'll have to uh, <laughs> to rejigger my uh, defense now. Okay. Um. So we. So that's we why do I'm not at, watch The Bachelor. It's a little late for that, Alice. I'm now Mondo Shattuck. Um, uh, was it Mongo? Was no, it? that was Mondo. Mondo. He was the HIV positive one. I don't. Okay. That was, what have we done? What has happened here? God, I wish I could trade places with Hank. Uh, okay. So, so unfortunately, now we are talking about The Bachelor for a minute. Now, I don't go anywhere. I realized it's like you're, it's like you're hearing a Zip Recruiter live read, and you want to fast forward and you're. Through your uh, podcast thing, or uh, what's that um, URL thing that that uh, like a pop up blocker? No, a, a VPN. VPN, yeah. The one that there's 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 this VPN company that that every single podcaster does a live read for, <laughs> uh, and you know I think it's exactly thirty eight seconds. I just fast forward to get through. It. My God, but if we ever do live reads, please listen to every word and buy the product. Okay, so here's the Bachelor, Rachel Kirkconnell. Kirkconnell is the bachelor is the one who wants to marry the bachelor she won the thing mm-hmm. and then it was found out that a few years ago when she was maybe even a teenager or in college she was in college but she is this was relatively recent cuz she's in her 20s it's not like 30 years ago no it was like 2017 yeah so in 2017 she does a thing that a lot of southern girls do she goes to this antebellum ball where the girls dress up like beautiful southern bells whatever and of course it's got its history in the old south and like everything that has a history in its old South, it was either adjacent or directly intertwined with slavery because that was going on in the old South. So this is something that a few years ago was considered acceptable. It's just a rite of passage for young ladies to do. And then so mm-hmm. they have, they, they, they take this pretty picture with the, at the antebellum yeah, thing. And an antebellum party. or whatever. Antebellum party. Right. It's a, whatever. We don't have them up here. But so, so that's fine. So now, Somebody unearths the picture after she wins the bachelor, after she wins the love of the bachelor, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so these come out and she, of course, has to be canceled because this is a mm-hmm. racist thing. And the, the fact that she's a smiling white woman in the antebellum thing shows that she's uh, a racist and a white supremacist and a terrible person. Mm-hmm. You said there was another affront as well. Um, She liked a couple Instagram posts. One was a post of a uh, picture of some girls. Probably it looks like a Cinco de Mayo party, but they're wearing sombreros. Oof. I actually saw that picture. You know who else had liked that? Who? Hitler. Oh, okay. And uh, and she had liked a picture, I guess, with a... Um, somebody had a picture with a, a Confederate flag, like, in the background of the picture. Oh, so, you can't do anything if you're doing anything but so burning it. So she had it. liked a couple right. Instagram posts that were inappropriate. And this all came out a little while ago because people didn't know yet. And correct me if I'm wrong because I don't watch The Bachelor. I think I'm getting the timeline right, but I'm not 100% sure. So this came out a few weeks ago before the show had finished airing. So she had won, but people didn't know yet that she had won. So this all came out, this stuff about her. And um, the guy who hosts the show, I think his name's Chris Harrison. Yes. He was, 
he said, you know, let's not rush to judgment. She hasn't even said anything. I don't know if she's a racist. Like, all we've seen is a couple pictures of her in college in a dress. Like, right. this isn't... For which he was dragged out of his house, castrated, <laughs> had gasoline poured all over him. It was burned alive, culturally, right. by Woke 2021. He's not hosting the show He anymore. is not hosting the show any- anymore. His life is over. He has groveled a few times and tried to condemn everything she... Has done like go to the um, you know twenty two year old girls dance in the south that she went to, and so his life is destroyed too. But he's just a casual because he said he he said essentially in his real voice, you know, we could all lighten up a little bit. Boom, that was it. (laughs) That was over. So so he's done. He's done. And uh, so then, yeah. So then, I I think Monday was the day when I guess it was the finale, and she won. So they've been dating, but now he came out and said, "No, I've dumped her because." Oh, he's black, by the way. You should know. He, yeah, his he's name the, is he's Matt actually James. the first black bachelor. There's been two black bachelorettes, and there's I guess because there's been complaints about diversity on the Bachelor. One of those bachelorettes is now the who's named Rachel something else. I can't keep all the people straight, but she now is like the diversity queen of the bachelor and like has been consulting on all this drama that's happened so she's like works for the bachelor like advising them on being more inclusive and the new host is a lot blacker than the former host right that's correct the new host is a black guy seems like a nice guy i don't know anything about him okay and this bachelor is a black guy as you pointed out matt james matt james so so um, so, and he was dating this girl right okay so she was he was dating this girl but she did this hate crime by going to a dance in the South a a few years ago. Before she ever met him. Before she met him, when she didn't probably have any idea. It was not a thing in 2017 to say, hey, let's go to an awesome, elegant pro-slavery dance. That was not (laughs) happening around. I'm sure she was clueless. In fact, I know she was clueless. Both these people we're about to hear from are empty-headed people. Yeah, they probably didn't think about wokeness no. until just now. And you they didn't. If you're listening to this, chances are you didn't know anything about an antebellum dance either, unless you're from the South and it was something that you did. We certainly didn't know because the the woke acceptance, um, uh, you know, uh, calibrator changes every other third nanosecond. So I, I don't know, you, you know, when this when things are become verboten, but it happens very quickly. So probably nobody knew anything. But mm-hmm. we all looked around and said, wait, does this have an aspect that could be considered culturally insensitive? Yes. Boom. Guilty. Bang. Let's destroy lives. Find as many as we can and destroy them. So anyway, so now this is the, they, they do this thing in The Bachelor where she now comes to him and grovels to him yesterday. Yeah, I think that you know everything up to this point. I think that you know exactly how I feel. And I really just want to take the time to say I'm really sorry. And once I really tried to to put myself into your shoes as much as I could, I really do think that our relationship was very strong and the love that we shared was very real. So for you to to end things, I I realized that that must have been really hard for you as well to where you must have been hurting. And I just wanted to say I'm, I'm really sorry for not understanding that initially um and then i'm really sorry that i hurt you 
that's a new twist for a PR person to have to write a uh, professional apology through the lens of someone being in love. Right. Let's do a couple of worlds colliding there. So here's Matt, uh, James, Matt James, who <laughs> there's not a lot to hear here because he's unable to conjure a thought. <laughs> Matt, how uh, how hard is this on you to sing? The woman that you love, that you loved, um, so torn up over hurting you and over losing you. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's heartbreaking and it's devastating. It's heartbreaking. It's just, it's, it's just disappointing. How much time do I have? <laughs> still have the floor, Matt. Now he stands there being stunned still. Getting nothing from him. I think, why do you think he's not saying anything? Because I don't think he was actually offended or upset. Right. And so he doesn't know what they want him to say. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't. I don't think he thought she was racist until all this happened. I mean, clearly he didn't. She's dating him. He's a black guy. In most. And he thought she was in love with him and. He thought she, he was in love with her, too. So, I mean, like, in most contexts, it doesn't seem like he would find her to be a racist person. And the fact that she's now having to apologize for hurting him. Like, how did she hurt him? This didn't even happen when she knew him. Right. But so, so he's reading her heart retroactively. And so the 2017 Rachel is guilty of being a racist, even though the 2021 Rachel wants to be his wife and have his kids and spend forever with him. Right. And loves him. That's where her heart is now. Her heart now loves him. So I'm not sure he knows where the problem is either, except that he's supposed to know that there's supposed to be a problem here somewhere. So he he's going along with the, the whole thing. Right. So there's no real script for that. He came to the show to say, I love you stuff and do romance stuff. Now he's got to be, he's supposed to be doing social justice talking points. And now we're hearing is the air conditioning or whatever the hell that is. That yeah, is there's so in- much more on your heart. I don't even want to, I don't even want to interject. I can see it in your eyes. And that's the host. That's a, that's a skilled TV host saying, there's so much in your heart. I don't want to even interject, but you're not saying a damn thing. And we've got two minutes of kill here. So I guess I'll start just uh, monologuing here. What else do you want to share with her? So I don't think he says anything else, right? He, he, uh, until until the next cut, yeah. Right. So this is he, for the next forty-three seconds. <laughs> he's just uh, dumb, struck looking. So then uh, they say cut. They go to their corners. He comes back. Now he's got something. The most disappointing thing for me. I assume the diversity uh, in, in inclusion uh, consultant on set yeah. took him aside. Yeah. In his initial Let's statement. Have a chat. In his initial statement about how um, how he was dumping her and everything, he uh, he thanked the the other Rachel, the diversity one, the former <laughs> black bachelorette, I guess, that for like helping him through all this. So I think she definitely had a hand in scripting this storyline. Was having to explain to you why what I saw was problematic. And why I was so upset. That was the most disappointing thing. I think that would be the most difficult thing because he doesn't believe it or understand it himself. 
it was difficult having to explain to you that I was that that five years before you knew me, you went to a dance with all the rest of your girlfriends. And and, and that's why it was that's why it was problematic because. Think think it through. When I'm in a relationship, it means that I'm committed to that person. And commitment for me when I'm dating someone is on track to get married. And so when I questioned our relationship, it was on the context of you not fully understanding my blackness and what it means to be a black man in America. Mm-hmm. And what it would mean for our kids. She wasn't gleefully flipping through the photo album of the uh, in, in, antebellum dance. Oh, man, look at this. This was great. Here's us. Uh, it, 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 here's my boyfriend then dressed as a Klansman. Isn't this funny? Why are you upset, man? <laughs> yeah. Huh. I mean, and not to mention, like, I, I think it's a fair charge to say that she doesn't understand what it means to be a black man in America. I don't think she right. spent a 10 seconds she thinking about it. She also wasn't in love with week. one forever and then is in love with one. He's like, somebody give this guy some better material. When I saw those things that were floating around the internet, and it broke my heart because this is the last conversation I thought we'd be having. I I didn't sign up to have this conversation. That's true. And I knew that. Well, Matt, have you noticed that the uh, host was just taken away in a body bag? (laughs) And there's been a bit of a cultural ripple. I had to take a step back for you to put in that work that you outlined that you needed to do. There we go. And there's some good 2021 20, wokeness. You do on your own. And that's why we can't be in a relationship. You got to put in the work. He wasn't done. Matt and the air conditioner. The feelings that I have for you don't go away overnight. And seeing you like this hurts. But then I asked myself, like, I don't want to be emotionally responsible for those tears because it's like the work and the reconciliation that needs to be done is, is work that I can't do for you. And I know that you're capable of doing it. And the last thing I want is for... Uh, yes, a- do you do reconciliations for 22-year-old girls who go to dances? <laughs> I need to get make sure I get out of here with a certificate. Is this going to be a, a one eight-hour uh, session, or can I do two four hours on a Saturday and Sunday? Is this not the conversation you have with your girlfriend or spouse as you're explaining to them why the secret police are carting them off to the re-education camp mm-hmm. because uh, they don't fully understand the plight of the proletariat and they're harboring bourgeois sentiments and that you really hope that they can get that taken care of out in the work camps and you know maybe you'll come back repaired well at least those were more than conceptual you understand you were trying to have (laughs) a, a you know a good totalitarian government and um you know in order to do that you had to um you know mow the minds of the citizenry mm-hmm. who were not uh, complying immediately this is so disjointed and based on a, a, a non-event that it doesn't make any sense where do you begin to do the work you know how you do the work you pay a somebody who's written a bad book on social justice 
a lot of money and he'll let you know when you're done doing the work after that check. <laughs> Which players. isn't going to happen because you're going to have to keep giving him checks. Right. So right. you're not going to be fixed because if they fix your racism, then you can't, uh, then then they're out of work. So they don't want that to actually happen. Yeah. So you always have to do more work. People to be calling to have you canceled or people to be calling you out for things. I really want them to call you in and I want you to do this work oh. because... We speak in mostly poetic symbolism uh, language around here. So a lot of this is not going to make sense to you, Rachel. But just go with it, okay? I don't want them to call you. I don't want them to call you in. You're going to do the work. When when they go low, we go high. You getting all this? Okay, good. That's the best thing that can come out of this. And that's something that she's got to do on her own. Actually, she could do it. With the guy who loves her, mm-hmm. he could do the work with her. He could educate her very well. I mean, actually, this is an incredible opportunity he's got and she's got. Yeah. What better way to learn than with somebody who you're going to partner with for life? Mm-hmm. But no. And you know what this really goes to show? Mm-hmm. Other than the fact that, as you were saying when we were talking about this originally, that, that a grown man made a woman grovel to him and throw herself at the mercy of him for 45 seconds at least mm-hmm. as she apologized and self-flagellated in front of him and you know espoused her love for him etc that mm-hmm. he just watched her do that and yeah. the more she you know teared up and and it declared you know, her miscreancy and uh, how wretched she was in front of him in the world. Mm-hmm. In the world, she's admitting, yes, I am a wretched, horrible racist with a lot of work to do to be less awful than I am now. The state I'm in right now is awful. Her brand now is she's still at awful. She's right. got to do the work if she ever shows up anywhere again. Right now she's persona grata. And that, uh, the, a grown man just lets that happen. Lets yeah, her feel that terrible. Yeah, supposedly loves her. Right. Or loved her before he found out that once she wore a southern plantation dress. Like, that's, I mean, really? That's all it takes? I mean, I know that we were never really in the business of selling, like, true love on The Bachelor, actually. But come on, that seems like the standards have slipped even a little there. Like, I I was blown away by it. I was blown away by it. And I think that... You know, I I don't know. I didn't watch the show, so I don't know how deep their connection is. But, I mean, they both seem genuinely upset about the situation, right? Uh, I I think she's probably as upset because she's... But it seems I don't like know what he, he is. Be, uh, he seems, seems fairly like shell shocked over something. It seems I don't like know. I didn't watch it. Else. I didn't watch it either. But I was the busy idea... with. But me and Tim Gunn were uh, judging Cattley, mm-hmm. judging women's dresses at the time. Designers. Uh-huh. Um, but the idea that you would let, even for a relationship that you cared about at all, that you would let this insane wokeness ideology come between you and somebody you supposedly want to be with. At any level is bizarre to me, much less. I mean, like, I mean, next they'll want kids to hand in their parents for unwoke thoughts or whatever. But, you know, that is absolutely happening. Yeah. Yeah. But this is like, you know, these people wanted to be in a relationship and they've decided now that she can't be in the relationship with him because she's irreparably broken by, 
you know, having once gone to this party. And you know what else this is, Ellis? Mm-hmm. Matt, how, uh, how hard is this on you to sing the woman that you love, that you loved, um, so torn up over hurting you and over losing you? Um, it's, it's heartbreaking and it's devastating. It's, you know what this is right here that we're hearing? It's just, it's, it's just disappointing. In the air conditioner, when we just mm-hmm. hear the air conditioner for, for the next two minutes, mm-hmm. this is terrible television. Yeah. It's just not fun. It's not entertaining. It's miserable. And that's what this wokeism does. It makes mm-hmm. everything miserable. Have you heard of woke comedian? It's not about what's that? It's claplaws or whatever they call it. There's. It's just. It's, it's post humor. It's just complaining about victimhood and how terrible the world is, mm-hmm. and you know being harmed around every corner, and how the most some language is dirty and is deadly. And, and dangerous and how certain people with uh, certain, uh, you know, per, per, uh, characteristics are, are bad. The last thing we need to hear from is uh, uh, old white men, right, everybody? That's all we need to hear from. Oh, great. Another white person telling us what to do. Great, right. You know, I don't want to hear about your cis problems. Right? And these are all jokes. And, that, and it's made comedy terrible. And this is not funny. This is this is awful. And that's what it's supposed to be, an exercise in uh, in in it is self-flagellation and we're all supposed to do it everybody just you know whip yourselves everybody do it and feel terrible it's the only way to honor the woke god that exists it's the only way to to to, you know start to atone from this huge huge burden of uh, guilt that we're uh, injecting everybody with Mm -hmm. it's crazy and it's it's so unfun it sucks i mean a bachelor anyway would already suck (laughs) but i mean but woke God. bachelors, is all, the all this stuff is. Everybody has you to know be why don't instead words. of dates they should just all go on Can, struggle sessions together? Yes, from just now go on. somewhere. Go somewhere. It's in, I gotta, you have to put the work in. That's not on me. Your tears, you know, that's on you. And your t- and all this stuff and in the using the, the poetic language. In, what was it? Um, suffering in the streets. The suffering in our what? It, uh, Presence. There needs to be unrest in the streets as long as there's unrest in our lives. Right. And uh, all these dumb slogans that people are using that, mm-hmm. that, that gives them license to be to act terrible. So I think what's going to happen next is I think there's going to be an all black season of either The Bachelor or The Bachelorette next to for The Bachelor people to try and atone for the horrible racism that they've put that everybody through. That will be through. a problematic in- well, it would have been problematic 10 years ago. People would have thought that segregated dating competitions would be problematic, but it's no. not. No. Why think it through, Alice? Uh, do the work, please. Why do you think that would be problematic? I don't know. Why? What if the ratings plummet? Oh, well, I don't think they're going to think that far ahead. It's going to be problematic for us that we're not watching it. We're going to get lectured to if the ratings go down. That's exactly right. That's going to be the whole thing. That, the, the whole thing is going to be, this is a referendum on the American but people. But I bet you that's and what you they're going to try and And you're going to find these idiots in Wellesley, Massachusetts now saying, mm-hmm. oh, just sitting back watching The Bachelor again. 
Yeah, because they're going to apologize. People who would never, ever watch The Bachelor, who would think mm-hmm. it's a trashy show, say, oh my God, put on the freaking Bachelor quick so we registered as Bachelor watchers. Yeah, because they're going to have to apologize for having had the racist host, for subjecting the first black Bachelor to this terrible racism, for putting him through having to try and educate this racist white girl for not vetting their white contestants better. Right. So they're going to need to create a safe space for their black contestants. Well, to- but, but then again... Yeah, but it can't just... And also, once you do that... I mean, this is very much a cis-centered show. Very much. This show yeah, is exclusionary... I don't know. Have they had any gay ones? I don't know. This show is exclusionary in a lot of ways. A lot. This show is problematic, not to mention... Well, but they've been trying to solve that. That's why they had the first Black Bachelor. And the way this ended doesn't look good for them as a network. Well, I mean, I don't know why they had the first Black Bachelor. He guy, lo- the guy looks uh, good looking and stupid like all the other bachelors. <laughs> they, um, yeah, but they had been. There have been accusations of the show being problematic in the past. Of God, like, I don't want to ever be in those circles of home talking about I, this. Is and like I'm the, mad at us. I'm mad so, at you again now. Yeah, so uh, you need to put the work in. That's my prediction. Mark the tape. So that brings us perfectly, Alice. Mm-hmm. To something I stumbled onto today. I very tepidly. Um, because we played um a Dinesh D'Souza interview last week with Bill Ayers. Mm-hmm. You might have been fighting kids when I played the audio. Were you in no, here? No, I was here. Okay. And uh, so I thought, hey, you know what? I'm going to check out the D- Dinesh D'Souza podcast. He can be a little wacky sometimes. So I was wary, but I did it. And so today I listened to the my first one. And he talked about this theory called not white supremacy, but woke supremacy. Hmm. And it's something I think he got from the, from Congressman Tim Scott. Okay. But it's very interesting. And the, the premise is this. The premise is that if you, that this wokeness mm-hmm. has been taken over largely by white people who are using it to exact power. So if you look at the people who are changing all the school names in California and San Francisco, it's mostly white people doing that. Mm-hmm. The people on the executive boards woking up all the the companies, mostly white people doing that. Right. You know, it, the, and it, uh, some of the other decisions here and there, the Smith College people, you know, that yes, those are those are white people doing that. So it, it's this sense that you know white supremacists, woke supremacists are just the new white supremacists who are finding ways to be on the vanguard of power. And this is one of the new ways. And they're doing it in the name of social justice, right. but really it's just another way to have the power. So I thought it was interesting. I thought I'm still working on it in my mind, what are you saying? But I thought it was an interesting thing to hear. Woke supremacy is the white people's chance to take control of the so-called black movement. It's to put themselves in the saddle. Why? Because here's the key to woke ideology. You don't have to be black to be woke. In fact, look at me, I'm brown. But I'm not woke. Why not? Because apparently I'm still in that slumber. I haven't awakened myself to racial injustice. Years ago when I spoke on a campus, a guy screamed at me, decolonize your mind. This is some white idiot. Decolonize my (laughs) mind. He thinks he knows more about colonialism than I do. Apparently my mind has been colonized by the British and somehow he has Gnostic access to that fact. So this arrogant little twerp, I mean, this ignorant punk, lecturing me. Why? Because he's woke and I'm not. So here's the key point. It's possible for non-whites not to be woke. 
and it's possible for whites to be woke. So whites have figured that out, and so they realize we don't have to give power away to blacks or other minorities. No, we can simply take charge of the woke movement. We're in power, and all we have to do is mouth woke slogans. Society is intrinsically racist. It's not a matter of the individual. It's the system, but guess what? I'm in charge of the system, and guess what? I have no intention of stepping down either. So the bottom line of it is that The old motives of white supremacy, which is, let's keep the whites on top, let's not relinquish power. The ideology may be different. The ideology may be, as Tim Scott says, kind of the opposite. But I notice that when you look a little closely, the woke decisions are being made by whites. The woke leadership is whites. These whites have just figured out a new way to stay on top. Interesting take, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think there's something to it. I, and if there isn't, I, I think there is something to it. I also think that there's some utility in what Dinesh D'Souza just said. Right. Because if you start making that argument, there is, in coming at woke, you know, uh, intersectional-minded uh, people from the left from a more woke position mm-hmm. they have no antibody against being called white supremacists they wouldn't know what to do if you said right that. although i think that there already is organically from the left um there has been pushback on like groups that the organizers of the groups are too white um you know there's pushback on that that like they're part of the black lives matter thing was that like Mm -hmm. tamika mallory and the original people that were involved like it was a movement that was led by black people and there was pushback against white people who wanted to get involved for a long time because they were saying that they were trying to make it about them or they were trying to co-opt it Mm -hmm. or they were trying and remember the whole thing about you know like white feminists trying to make everything about them you know no but i'm not surprised nobody is safe these discussions Mm -hmm. are are like, that, like swirling schools of piranhas that people you know white people who try and get involved in these movements do sometimes already face that type of pushback that they're like that they need to sit down and let others take the lead basically yeah well that's interesting so it, mm-hmm. it's interesting if that was so that's not so what he's saying Dinesh D'Souza here isn't entirely out of line with things that um, that I see people on the left say, you know, or you'll. Well, hear I would like to hear about, more of it. I would about, like to hear more of it because I'm all for this cannibalization. Cannibalization. You'll hear people talk about performative allyship. Oh Jesus, Alice, how do you do it? How do you? <laughs> My friends, people who talk about things like performative allyship. Well, um, but performative allyship is when you're an ally, but you do it in a way to like make yourself look good. Like that's what they accused um, Emma Watson of doing when she made the. her Instagram black squares but she like didn't use the right hashtags so they were like you're just trying to look good by doing what you're supposed to do on Instagram but you like didn't do it right and you're just you're not really trying to help the movement and one stop uh, uh, back one look back very quickly Alice before we get into the uh, the substantive stuff again and about how Joe Biden is so gaffless and has really shown himself to be quite an a serious thinker and a man of high character in a White House, according to a Politico story. Before we get there, uh, Jenna Bush spoke to Michelle Obama about Meghan Markle. Markle. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
and um, you know, talking about the, the what she's been going through. I don't understand how everybody has automatically accepted Meghan Markle as somebody <laughs> who is completely credible and is the morally uh, the more morally astute person here. I don't understand how she's the good one automatically, no matter what, and the rest of the royals are the bad ones. But that's you're not allowed to you're not allowed to say stand up for Piers Morgan now without having to apologize and start doing the work. You know. Oh, that's now. another whole thing. I don't know if you saw. I sent you the big hit job on her. On Osborne. On Sharon Osborne. Yeah. Yeah. No. She, she's, now she's had. No, I did see. Yeah. No, she's, now she's, her life is over now. She's her life done. is over. Everybody's <laughs> come out saying that she's she's sexist, racist. She said some awful uh, things. We can't say those slurs, Alice. So yeah, I'm not going to say the slurs. So, uh, um, so, but uh, but here's the Jenna Bush question to Michelle Obama. I wonder when you watched Meghan Markle speak out the other night, if what went through your mind? Public service in uh, is a it's a bright, sharp, hot spotlight, and most people don't understand it, and nor should they. The thing that I always keep in mind is that none of this is about us in public service. It's about the people that we serve. So I thought this was interesting because I was seeing it framed as like Michelle Obama pushes back on Meghan Markle. Mm. And it is it is extremely gentle pushing back. And she does in other places say how she has sympathy for Meghan and all this stuff. And, you know, the she believes in the racism and all the things. But I, I did think it was an interesting criticism because part of what was interesting to me about the Meghan Markle thing was her saying, like, I didn't know how, how how it was so much work being in the royal family. I thought it was just like being a celebrity in the United States, but it's so much more. They want you to do all this stuff and they criticize you and there's rules, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I think that rightfully a lot of people thought that sounded incredibly ungrateful and ridiculous uh when you're Mm -hmm. literally a princess and um and so and i think what michelle is doing here is actually agreeing with that i think she's saying you know people don't realize that when you're in a public service role part of the government or part of you know an institution like the royal family public facing like this that that you are under a huge spotlight and you don't own your own life. Your life isn't really about you anymore. And that a lot of people don't know that. And I felt that that was a reference to Megan saying like, yeah, she didn't realize what she was getting into here. She didn't realize that this huge, that this is more than being, you know, a TV actress who occasionally does some charity work, that there's a little more to it than that, that you don't get to have your cake and eat it too. You can't be a member of the British royal family and just sit around and do nothing. And I think that um, she, I think Michelle Obama kind of gets at the heart here of, of what rubbed people so much the wrong way about Meghan's attitude about the royal family. Like, don't join the royal family unless you're ready to take on that white hot spotlight that she called it you know and that I thought that was interesting and I think it's especially interesting in the context of Megan supposedly wanting to run for president because it seems to me that if you're a person that can't handle marrying British royalty that maybe being president and just even running for president is possibly a little harder on your life than she's prepared to deal with sure 
I mean, I think Michelle Obama knows what a public spotlight is like mm-hmm. and knows how much work it is to, you know, be in a presidential campaign, much less be the person actually running. But it's really hard. It's a lot of work. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of scrutiny on you. More, I think, I mean, I know the British press is known for being really outrageous, but I um, I think in some ways it is it is harsher press on you um, because people know that in the U.S. for running for president, because people know that you aren't born to it. You're trying to get them to vote for you, you know? You yes. Didn't. No. Absolutely. Then there is there is there is so, so I thought it was interesting that Michelle had that sort of almost half-hearted criticism of of Megan's sob story there. Yeah, I'm not buying Megan's sob story. Regardless, <sighs> Politico rage rage against the gaff machine by Alex Thompson and Theodor Theodor Theodoric Meyer. Um, Joe Biden discipline messenger. Two and a half months in, that's undoubtedly the case. The president so far has surprised some of his former colleagues and allies with a largely gaff-free White House debut after a lifetime of verbal stumbles. So, a couple of things, and this does go on to uh, to question whether or not that's going to continue. A couple of things. The guy has not been put on the spot once. Right. Yeah. He we did have, just announce he will be having a press conference on March 25th. But also, when you say so far has been gaff free. So what these people consider gaffes and don't consider gaffes certainly is a is something that can be changed with the president. Mm-hmm. But he's not been gaff free. This, you could say either was a gaffe or not a gaffe, but it was odd. The last thing we need is the Neanderthal thinking that in the meantime, everything's fine. Take off your mask. Forget it. He took a lot of grief around the country for using the term Neanderthal. Mm-hmm. Who? Oh, right. Okay. The I'm governor sorry. of Texas? Is that what Yeah. No. Yes. No, no. I was just, I was just remembering. I just read a column about somebody def- defending Neanderthal. Oh, you weren't there. Oh, my God. We ran a column by somebody in my in my paper defending Neanderthals because they're not actually dumb, right? They're not actually dumb, and they you know they um, mm-hmm. had all sorts of modern things, etc. But anyway, that was a dumb thing to say. This is more classic Biden, also while he was president. The uh, the other part portion is a lot of people don't know how to register. Not everybody in the community, in the Hispanic and the African American community, particularly in uh, uh, rural areas that are distant and or inner city districts know how to use, know how to get online to determine how to get in line for that COVID vaccination at the, at the Walgreens or at, at, at the particular store. Blacks and Hispanics not being able to figure out how to use the computer. If that's not a gaffe, then he believes it. Now, I understand he's given all sorts of context because... Like um, poor Nicole um, Antebellum, uh, people can read Biden's heart and say he's a good man. But you have Donald Trump say that. You're getting the CNN Chiron. <laughs> you are getting the uh, the uh, NAACP. You are, it's the end of the world. The end of the world. We have Dr. Mohan here with me. Uh, she, of course, you know her from the landing coverage. Hey, Doc. Uh, how are you? 
I just want you to know. Are you kidding me? What an honor this is. This is an incredible honor. And it's amazing. Indian of descent Americans are taking over the country. You, my vice president, my speechwriter, Vanai, I tell you what. But thank you. You guys are. The Indians are taking over the country. The food's <laughs> not great. You know what? By God, they're taking over the country. Also, if that's not a gaffe, then that means he thinks that the Indians are taking over the country. <laughs> so, uh, and this this is really just, I don't know if this is a gaffe or if this is something tragic, but this is just from last week. I just want to thank you both, and I want to thank the, the, the uh, former general, I keep calling him general, but my, my, uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Uh, I want to make sure we thank the secretary for all he's done. The general can't remember his name or the name of the Pentagon. Or even, he didn't even call him, like, the defense secretary. No. He didn't have he said, that. Uh, he runs that outfit over there. That <laughs> outfit over there. Speaking of the military, um, my concerns about our armed forces and their priorities are not uh, assuaged by the fact that the National Guard from Guam showed up at Marjorie Taylor Greene's office uh yesterday in, in Congress. They were brought there by the Guam congressman um, to come and let Marjorie Taylor Greene know that they're definitely from the United States because she is not a genius and she called it a foreign land, which is, it's dumb. It's not dumber than saying you think Guam is going to tip over. That's just to be clear. Ooh, <laughs> I don't like the, I think you've got some work to do now, maybe. Alice. That is very, maybe. very troublesome. Maybe, but Marjorie Taylor Greene didn't know Guam was part of the United States. I'm not a big Marjorie Taylor Greene fan, but I think, can you not touch the cameras, my friend, please? Thank you. Um, but but I think it's an odd choice to bring a bunch of National Guard troops to her congressional office it's bizarre to video. I'll put the it. I'll put the video in the show notes. It's, it's very weird. It's bizarre and a little bit ominous and uh, no bueno. They play a bunch of ominous music in it, too. It's really creepy. Anyway, Tom, we'll put that there. We can post it on Twitter, too. Our Twitter Alice is, is going to put the work in. Uh, I'll put the work in. Uh, my Twitter is Alice Shattuck, but... The show Twitter is Burn Barrel Pod. We also are on Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. Um, you can email us, burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. I'm going to see if I can get our parlor back up and running. That's Burn Barrel Podcast. And we're Tom Shattuck's Burn Barrel on YouTube. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.